Hello world, welcome to The Unpavement. I'm your host, Jeremy McGee. If you're new to the channel, I'm in a wheelchair. I've got a cool mountain bike, but I've gotten into trouble out there on the trail. So I'm on a mission to document trails for adaptive riders. This channel is a lot more than that though. It's turned into something a lot bigger, a lot more fun. Make sure you check out my videos and subscribe and come along on my adventures with me. This video is a little different. Well, a lot different than anything I've done before. This is a video of a podcast with Bobby Ricard of Natural State Bikes. Now, this is his podcast that I am reposting. So if you wanna go check out his stuff directly, there's a link in the caption to him. He's a really cool guy. He's doing good stuff and providing great value, so make sure you check him out. In the meantime, grab a beverage of your choice, whether it's caffeinated, an adult beverage, or something actually hydrating. <laughs> Sit back, enjoy, have a good time, and Hopefully you get inspired. Talking with Jeremy McGee. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good, Bobby. Thanks for having me, brother. Hey, yeah, man. I am inspired by your story. I've been able to go through your content um uh, it's been great we were visiting a little bit before we just started recording this and um, for our listeners presently i guess if you looked at the top of your list of experiences on your linkedin account it says you're an adaptive trail consultant but yeah. you've got such a great story and as you shared again in linkedin it's really your life's divided into really two chapters the first chapter you were out you know, blazing the trails for yourself. And the second chapter, you're pioneering and blazing trails so others can get out and experience nature. And that was all Absolutely. kind of triggered, triggered by an, uh, an accident in 2001 when you were struck by a vehicle riding your motorcycle, right? So kind of Correct. walk us through that, uh, those chapters of your life. Oh man, let's bust out the whiskey. Let's let's yeah. go deep. <laughs> um, well, I mean, yeah, it's it's chapters, and there's many more than two. Um, but yeah, I just kind of see it as just a. It's been a process, you know. Um, well, one, I I didn't really have parents. I I didn't really grow up with any parenting. I didn't really have. Um, anyone that kind of helped me understand, you know, who I am, what I'm good at, you know, encouraged me. I just kind of went from th the, with the flow, bounced around like a pinball with, you know, without direction, pretty much my entire life, to be honest with you, I kind of figured things out later in life um, because of, you know, not having that parental direction that helped me figure out that earlier so right now i'm kind of making up for lost time but um yeah i ended up i was uh working towards uh being a career lifeguard um i was waiting tables at a restaurant which was 
the most fun job I've ever had. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, I was having a blast um, partying, girls, surfing, snowboarding, um, working out like crazy, um, you know, the kind of stuff you do in your 20s, you know? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Living the yeah. life. Yeah. Living the life. Um, and I was even starting to make a little bit of like photo incentive money from, uh, from snowboarding and things like that. Um, and then, yeah, one day, you know, running errands with my buddy who was also on a motorcycle. I, I was six blocks from my apartment. I fall right into that statistic. And um, ladies made a quick left turn in front of me into a 7-Eleven parking lot. And next thing I know, well, the vision that I have of that moment that I still see so clearly today when I close my eyes is my face smashed up against her side mirror, like her side mirror in my face. That's what I see. Uh, kind of crazy. And then it's funny. It's well, not funny, but interesting. Everything went dark after that. Um, and I was laying in the street, unable to get up. And everything was dark. I couldn't see. Uh, and, um, you know, I was a lifeguard at the time, at the time. And I was, uh, very familiar with assessing injuries in a uh, emergency situation. So that's what I did. I applied my knowledge to myself and I started assessing my injuries. So first thing I couldn't get up, I couldn't feel my legs. Um, I knew I had a spinal injury immediately. And I was like, okay, I can't move. Second, um, and very powerfully hit me. Every breath was very, very painful. Um, just to breathe hurts so bad, just searing pain. I'm like, okay, I've got broken ribs. Turned out I broke almost all of them. Um, which if you've ever had a broken rib or even a separated rib, you know that breathing, sneezing, coughing, burping, is so, so terrible. Um, so painful. Okay, so that was injury number two, broken ribs. Um, number three, I tasted blood in my mouth. I'm like, okay, I probably got punctured lungs from those broken ribs. Um, and then four was the serious one, which is kind of crazy thinking that for number four was the serious one, given the first three injuries. Um, but I could feel my hands and my face getting cold really fast, really fast. Um, I was like, oh crap, I am bleeding. Um, either internally or somewhere where I can't feel, um, cause I, I don't, I can't feel where, um, but I, I pretty sure I'm losing blood cause I'm getting really cold really fast. And I was laying there on the pavement. It was a warm Sunday, late afternoon in the summer and the pavement was really warm. And I just, it felt so inviting, Bobby. I just wanted to, uh, I was starting to feel really tired and it just felt really inviting to just fall asleep right there. And I started to let myself drift off. Um, and I, my one thought was like, Oh, I just, I'm okay. I just want my mom and my friends to know that I'm okay right now. I've lived a full life already as a 25 year old at that time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with this and I'm at peace. Um, this very, very interesting moment. 
just so happens that there were paramedics across the street at a taco shop. How long does it take you to like drop your taco and run across the street? Yeah. Seconds. My little moment in the street there, although it seemed like a long time, um, was only a few seconds and uh, they were on me. Um, and it was business time. It was like, okay, they kind of shook me out of um, my state. And uh, I mean, not literally, they can't shake someone with a spinal cord injury, <laughs> uh, but they were on me. Um, and they, you know, they, they pulled the ambulance around and these were full, full blown paramedics, not just uh, EMT. So I got the real deal. And um, they took my helmet off and then I could see, turns out that's why everything was dark is when I hit my helmet got shifted sideways. Oh, wow. And I okay. could, that's why I was blind and couldn't see and I didn't realize it. Um, so they took my helmet off and all of a sudden I could see and I was like, okay, it's business time. Let's survive. You know, they backboarded me, um, got me in the ambulance and then um, the, the paramedic in the back it's like, okay, they're ready for you at the hospital. You're going right into surgery. Um, all I need you to do is sign this form. And my hand was was strapped down. He put a pen in my hand and put this uh, um, clipboard of the paper in front of me. And I just went, Arr. I was like, that's not really my signature. Does it matter? And he's like, nope, doesn't matter. And he had a syringe. He kind of shot it in the air a little bit. And boom, I was out. <laughs> wow. There. He put me out. And um, next thing I know, I, I woke up in the MRI tube. No kidding. Yeah, they saved my life, man. Yeah, I mean, talk about right place, right time for those guys. Be a totally different story. Yeah, and then yeah, it turns out I had uh, I was bleeding externally. Um, you know, on a motorcycle, the gas tank sits right in front of you. You know, so on impact, my oh. perennial perennial area. You know, I chode just split open on impact and that's where um that's where i was bleeding from and i where i couldn't feel wow so how what was what was the hospital stay and the recovery you know what kind of time frames are we talking about there i was only in the hospital for six weeks man before i was out the, they do a really good job at, um, you know, this is in 2001. Things are different now. Um, and it also depends what hospital you're in, if they, they specialize in, you know, spinal cord injury rehab and stuff like that or not. But anyways, it was, this was a long time ago now. And um, they did a really good job of saving me, but just kind of scuttled me out the door to figure out my new life with a 75 pound hospital wheelchair. And wow um just um kind of a a trash bag of a small trash bag of catheters to figure that out on my own and uh <laughs> wow. that's a whole other deal yeah, yeah. just trying to get approval through insurance for just a pee you know yeah <laughs> and uh having to figure all that out and it was kind of gnarly but so they just kind of put you out and would you, if I read correctly, do you end up going back to your mom's to kind of rehab and get things sorted out? Is that how that? Yeah. Worked out? Well, you know, in the hospital was kind of a you know get uh, get like like 
back to a state of survive being able to survive you know so you know once i had like back surgery and surgeries for the other stuff and i was in this like turtle shell brace um then i was like you know i kind of proved really fast that you know i could get around on my own and everything so then i was out the door so yeah six weeks later after that crazy day i am back in my apartment with my roommate okay um and that was tough because you know i was a waiter and a lifeguard and all of a sudden i'm not making any money i'm not working just trying to figure out how to go to the bathroom you know <laughs> that kind of took precedent um so he was like buying groceries and spotting me for rent working overtime like he's just one of my best friends he's he's amazing um and that was not a sustainable situation, you know? So I, a, after, God, I think maybe it was like six months or so, I ended up uh, back at mom's house okay. yeah, for a yeah. little while. Yeah. To figure that out. Uh, but then I got a little bit of a settlement, not much at all, um, but enough to, um, you know, get, get an apartment on my own and, uh, give me a little time to, to figure my life out um, after being at mom's house for a year or so. And that's, that's what led you down to this path of uh, being an adaptive trail consultant. And, and so you started out from there. Um, yeah, I would, I guess to back up a little bit, just to be thankful that you were in the best shape or in really great shape working out, yeah, man. surfing, doing all that. 25 years old, 25 year old, you know, semi-pro athlete. I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah that, luckily, that, helped, that helped tons in your recovery. Fit definitely some, helped. Some oh, my, oh my God. There's almost 20 years in between there, by the way, from, from that time to becoming an adaptive trail consultant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, there's a, a lot of time in there. There's a huge definitely. history in there. Um, and that's what I got really, uh, deep into when I was going through all your content, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, you semi-pro, but then as a result of the accident, you're, you're a professional paraplegic athlete, right? Yeah. For a time I was, uh, not, I'm not on payroll with anybody anymore. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been on actual payroll receiving checks from companies as, uh, an adaptive adventure athlete, which has yeah. been amazing, very amazing. So yeah, officially professional. Um, that's that's been a really cool chapter of my life. Um, and, and mixed mixed in with with uh, uh, biking, where you kind of at least where I think you find yourself right now, you know, with adaptive trail design and and and, and biking, you were uh, were or do still surf and ski, right? Yep. Yep. Surfing is my, my main sport. Um, born and raised San Diego grew up, caught my first wave when I was 12 years old and, uh, you know, went to a college, um, here in San Diego that was right on the water and just have surfed my ass off. Yeah. Uh, that's my number one. I'm a waterman. I love being in the ocean. I love paddling, getting close to whales. Um, that's my number one. Um, but yeah, I've kind of found myself riding the crest of this other really huge wave right now. And that is, you know, 
land management um, really wanting to make some of their trails adaptive friendly. And I just happen to be right there right now. Um, but what's interesting about that is I'm not a mountain biker. I don't consider myself a mountain biker. Um, I'm a runner. Um, you know, like I was telling you, I didn't have a, the parents to really, you know, help me with, you know, realizing what I'm good at in life. Um, and when you don't have that, you know, as a teenager, you kind of just, uh, follow the flow, do what's cool. So I played football in high school and, grow and growing up. Um, and uh, I was good at it, but I wasn't great. I wasn't going to go anywhere with it. I mean, I'm not a built for that sort of thing, you know? Um, but yeah, I applied myself. I worked hard, so I did good. Um, but uh, if I would have had the parents to um, help realize, you know, what I'm actually good at, what I could take somewhere, <laughs> I would have ran cross country and been in the drama club. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I would have done that instead. Um, so, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a runner at heart. Um, and I always say if I wasn't in a wheelchair, I'd be running through the jungle. I'd be one of those weird, like ultra trail runners, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. um, trail running with just, you know, in a pair of trunks barefoot with a, with a buck knife on my hip, right. <laughs> you know, diving through, uh, rivers, scaling cliffs, you know, I, that's probably what I'd be doing. Yeah. Um, I like that. The way you kind of describe that. And I was good, as I mentioned, going through your content, I think at some point, maybe back in, in one of the pieces I read, maybe from bicycling magazine, you're, you're, you've got a no holds barred approach to life. I mean, so we're out there, you're out there doing all this adventure stuff, you know, triathlons, running, surfing, skiing, biking. Uh, and, you know, I want to talk a little bit about your skiing background. I, I picked up and read about uh, drop in and your uh, adventure skiing uh, uh, background and, and watched the video. So can I, for our listeners, kind of share about, about that aspect as well. Um, yeah, I can totally do that. Um, um, well, just to finish my previous thought, uh, real quick, um, I don't want to leave that incomplete. Um, you know, so yeah, so I'm a trail runner, but yeah, I've, this bike is how I trail run. Gotcha. And so yeah. I've decided to fully embrace that, go on my trail adventures, but also throw on the full face and the gear and ride the bike park. Yeah. And here, and, and here we are <laughs> now, uh, you know, riding everywhere and adaptive trail consulting, which has been amazing and skiing all happened. You know, I, I was snowboarding, you know, before my accident. And, um, after, you know, I, I decided that I was going to, after my accident, move to mammoth, um, in the Eastern Sierras in California because I could no longer surf on my own, but I could ski on my own. So I was like, okay, I need to go all in on skiing, which I did. I moved to Mammoth kind of semi-seasonally. I came back to San Diego a couple summers in about a, a 10 year in, in, up, up there in Mammoth and uh, skied my 
ass off. <laughs> and then, yeah, up there, there's this backcountry peak that's kind of a rite of passage for, um, for locals. And, uh, you know, every spring and summer, my friends would go out there and come back with these stories of this mountain named Bloody Couloir. And I was like, fuck, I need to be out there. You know, like I just felt so left behind and so frustrated that I was not with them because if I wasn't in a chair, I would be. I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. We need to figure this out. We need to get my ass out there. So, um, yeah, that's what led to the whole Bloody Cool Water expedition, man, and the documentary film and <laughs> going on tour with the film and kind of launched my speaking career. Um, that's right. Yeah, I did. Epic. I, I did notice. Yeah. Uh, being an inspirational speaker, driving, touring around, sharing your story. Um, that's, it's just amazing to me as I kind of went through everything to, to see kind of what happens to get, you know, it's kind of interesting for me to think about why people are the way they are and how they get that way. You know, it, it, whether it's me or you or anybody else, I find myself just, you know, wondering about people and their background and, and what makes people the way they are. And so you've got all of these experiences that you're able to take out and, and, and share with people. Um, and you, you've got such a great outgoing personality. Um, you, you find yourself, are you, are you still in the uh, speaking circuit you, you still go out and, and share your story or you doing more of just the trail to trail design and that kind of stuff the trail work well yes I still do speaking I'm still getting speaking gigs but they're all virtual right now and then, sure and yeah way less of them uh, yeah. way less of them um, and, but yeah that is one thing I do but to answer your question yes I do and do find myself doing more trail consulting than speaking now these days um, just because of this huge wave right now of just um, just knowledge that having some having trails of being adapter friendly is really important um, so, so absolutely what, what does that mean uh, being you know trails being adaptive friendly uh, kind of explain that for a listener I get it I've been following you and understand it, but maybe for our listeners, kind of explain what that means to you and what your kind of mission is in, in, in that work. Uh, that is also the question of the day. <laughs> um, because adaptive friendly means so many different things. I mean, when you think of adaptive riders, um, just the spectrum of of equipment is huge there's all different kinds of bikes um from you know and the major differences are in like front wheel drive versus rear wheel drive and full suspension versus rigid and um power assist versus no power assist. And those are kind of the three main factors in the bikes, like with or without those things, you know, are, is a big difference what they can do. Um, for example, like if you have front wheel drive on a bike, anything steep and loose, you're gonna need to push up it. So when I'm documenting trails, I really have to think about that, you know? Um, 
because my bike's rear wheel drive with full suspension and a power assist that can kind of go through anything. Um, and then also you have like the spectrum of, of disabilities, which is huge. I mean, you're going all the way from, you know, possibly high level quadriplegic um, all the way to a below knee amputee or, you know, brain injury, you know, on, you know, you know, it, you know, a disability that's not obvious at all, you know, um, <laughs> to maybe even just like a knee injury or a hip injury or a replaced hip, you know, it's the spectrum is huge. And then you add the spectrum of actual riding ability, you know, you know, you know, people's skill sets, you know, what, what they're good at, how long they've been riding, whether they're beginner, intermediate expert, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. Um, and so when it comes to officially adaptive friendly, um, there is a full spectrum and gamut to, to think about. Um, and so I've got a lot on my mind when I'm riding a trail, when I'm actually assessing. And uh, I found that it's in relatively unique knowledge set. Um, so that's where the consulting comes into play. Um, being able to consider all those, all the different equipment, all the different disabilities and abilities um, while, while performing an assessment. Um, that, that's where it's at. That's the tough part. And then, um, so um, I've come up with uh, a rating system to, to help with that. Um, and the rating system is, is controversial. I love it <laughs> because people want more information. This rating system is very simplified. Um, and, but the logic behind having, you know, collecting all this on for all this awesome information just doesn't work because what, what most, you know, we want to, it's the 80, 20 rule, right? Like serve the yeah. majority, serve yeah. the majority. Um, and so when I th you think of the majority, what are the, what are the majority of trail users doing? Are they doing like very detailed trail research before they go out? No. Um, what they're, what they're doing is uh, looking for recommended routes. Where do I ride? You know, what, what trails do I ride? Give me a recommended route and also um, watching video. Those are kind of the two main things. And sometimes you can get people to maybe skim a blog, you know, <laughs> they'll do that. They'll skim through a blog. They're not going to read it word for word. I can almost guarantee you that I've got a trail blog and the amount of people that have probably read it word for word, are very, very few, I bet, but it's there. The information is there. It's available for those who want to that, that other, you know, 20%. So we can spend all our time gathering all this amazing information and no one's going to use it. And those that do use it, for everything in the middle, okay, for example, okay, the, the rating system is, is a three-tier rating system. Right. There's yep. AMTB, one, two, and three. AMTB stands for adaptive mountain bike. Um, the, and it answers, all it does is answer the question, do you need a support rider or not? AMTB one, no, you don't need a support rider. And AMTB three, yes, you do need a support rider. AMTB two, that's maybe. <laughs> it depends now, most yeah. trails fall into amtb2 you know and that's where the gray area is okay say you provide all this off awesome information about 
about camber and I mean, I, you know, the uh, detailed stuff and um, for everything in the middle, there's still a question. There's still a maybe. And the only way to know for sure is to, to ride it. Um, it, it is, that's the only way. And so that's why um, we operate under the blanket rule of um, for adaptive riders, do not ride new single track alone for the first time. Right you know, uh, know where you are in that spectrum of, uh, equipment, rider, disability, rider ability, and shift the scale accordingly if you need to, because if you're on one end of the spectrum, you might need to shift the scale. And if you're on the other end of the spectrum, you might need to shift the scale a little bit, know where you're at. If you're, if you're, you know, outside the mean, the average rider, it's all math, dude. It's all, I'm yeah. telling you, it's, I'm super linear thinking It's all math and logic. Um, so shift it if you need to. And then if you're, and there's two types of riders out there as well. You can break riders into two very specific categories, which are very different. Uh, riders with support and riders without. Uh, riders with support can ride a lot more than riders without. I'm telling you that right now. So if you're riding alone um, in an area for the first time, stick to what's a MTB one. You're probably going to miss the best trails the area has to offer but you're not going to gamble. I've learned the hard way not to gamble anymore, man. I've been out there and I've been absolutely fucked. Like I've been helicoptered out. Yeah. I, would, um, I saw on your content, you got caught in a flash flood. You've been, I got caught in a flash out. flood situation, semi flash floods. Oh God. That's a crazy story, man. Uh, I was, uh, I was, I didn't look at the weather before going out. I was having just a full ego day. I was, uh, I was like, I gotta get out and prove to myself that I am strong. You know, one of those days, um, I was just, you know, having a rough day. So it was all I could do to get out on this ride. I did not look at the weather. Um, pretty much right when I started riding, it started raining and then it turned into a total downpour. And where I ride here, it's all like this thick clay. So it was just sticky. Um, and I ride through this Creek um, you know, it was about the water was maybe a foot deep, not bad. And, um, I took it slow because I, I couldn't see, I couldn't see how deep it was and I wasn't sure. And that's where I messed up as I took it slow. So I got stuck. And then with trying to get started again, I broke my chain. Oh man. So here I am in this Creek in the pouring rain and with a broken chain, I'm a paraplegic. Don't forget about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, so, small, that's a small part yeah you don't want to yeah so there's no walking the bike bro that's not a luxury i have you know i'm not walking it back to the trailhead so i gotta fix it and so i carry tons of tools i carry everything i need you know mostly everything i need for most contingencies i'm prepared to fix my chain as most people are um so anyways i get out of the bike i get on the ground which is actually actually a luxury that i have that a lot of adaptive riders don't. A lot of adaptive riders can't even do that. And that's another rule. If you can't fix your bike, don't ride alone. You know, because yeah. you don't have, you can't walk your bike. That's kind of that's kind of my two cents with for adaptive riders. But anyway, so I'm sitting in, you know, about a foot of water, working on my chain, and uh some water water breaks loose. I, I hear this like water run rushing all of a sudden and I look up and I see the 
embankment just like falling down and water just starts rushing into the creek and instantly i'm in chest deep water my bike is completely submerged i'm alone man i'm alone and the bank is about is is about head high (laughs) now i've got to get my bike up onto the bank from a seated position so I'm ducking underwater and like lifting it and pushing it. And uh, you can imagine, use your imagination what that's like yeah. <laughs> from a seated position without ab muscles or back muscles, you know, lifting a, a 57 pound bike from underwater <laughs> onto an overhead bank. Insane, bro. Like insane. The, um, the level of effort and grit yeah i i I I can never i can never explain to you in words what level i had to go to in that moment yeah to to get that done to survive um and then pull myself out and then luckily my phone was before iphones were waterproof um luckily my phone was in a life proof case i should totally write life proof um (laughs) and tell them this story um luckily my phone was fine (laughs) you know and i was able to call for help um and uh, i was able to get myself to an out in the canyon where uh the the people i call for help could could pick me up which was a whole other thing too because my you know after i fixed my chain my uh, drivetrain just kept just kept just getting kept getting clogged up with clay so i had to stop like every five ten feet and, and oh, clear shit. it as best as i could at that time i had wow. an external drivetrain which i've learned is not good for adaptive riders that's another thing in the equipment yeah. capability list if you have an external drivetrain you're going to get in, you're going to get stuck a lot more um it's all about the internal roll-off hub where none of that you don't have to worry about any of that yeah right that was crazy so yeah so i've gotten into situations out there and imagine just not even an insane situation like that just turning around on single narrow single track with exposure you know just imagine doing that yeah (laughs) you know oh shit this trail is is not going to be good i've got to turn around Imagine getting out of the bike, turning, just like Austin Powers. (laughs) Yeah. Slowly getting that bike around and then getting back into it. Yeah. (laughs) And like narrow single track exposed. Like that's a shitty situation, man. And not totally gnarly, but not something I want to experience anymore, man. And I've just learned to just not gamble with myself, with my body, with my equipment um, anymore. Uh, It's just... It's just not good. So that's what the rating system supports is just uh, a safe, um, smart experience um, and directs people to the to the best mountain biking experience. And it doesn't exist on its own either. Um, it exists with trail blogs that I mentioned all and all the other uh, information that exists already. Uh, you know, we work with trail forks. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the topo profile, all the information, all the awesome information they're already in the, and on all other trail resources. We don't need to reinvent the wheel here. And then also uncut video. Right. That's how the whole YouTube channel started. 
<laughs> yeah, you've got, I've went through yeah. uh, a lot of your videos and, and for our listeners, as we're talking with Jeremy McGee about adaptive cycling or adaptive biking, um, just got through a story about kind of how he got to where he's at now. And I should mention, Jeremy, we're, we're talking about all this, but we, we didn't really bring out the kind of the, the, the umbrella for this is unpavement.org, right? Yep, yep. Yep. And you've got a, a, a website, jeremymcgee.com. And the videos and the blog and all this information we're talking about, our listeners can go to those two places and get all of that information. Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of where it all is. Um, JeremyMcGee.com. There's an H in McGee. Yeah. M-C-G-H-E-E. Um, but I, I think if you type you, without the H into the Google thing, it still comes up. And then, uh, yeah, the unpavement.org. Um and that's how the unpavement started, man. Um, you know, you're like, what is the unpavement? What the hell does that mean? Um, well, it's a, it's a movement of all of us, not just uh, people with disabilities, but all of us off the pavement and into nature because uh, we spend, we have these awesome devices, you know, these enable us to, to accomplish so much today. These are great. This is how I'm able to put out the content that I'm putting out. Um, but with that, we're spending so much time on these things it renders us that much more in need for a relationship with nature. It's not just important, it's vital. It's to, to have a, a state, a, a mental, a healthy mental state, you gotta be active outdoors. You gotta be. Um, yeah. you got to have a relationship with nature. Um, and this is proven stuff. This isn't just something I'm, I'm just like making up. This is actually scientifically proven. Um, so that, that's why, you know, moving off the pavement, we, we, we live in this artificial world, you know, getting out into what I call the real world, you know, the world that's exist existed for millions of years, you know, get out there. Um, so that's why the unpavement and, uh, and to be able to do it safely. So the unpavement's information, it's information for adaptive riders to, to have that relationship with nature safely. That's, that's the whole premise. That's cool. Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, being connected with nature, the, the health benefits and things like that. It's really kind of funny with all that's been going on with COVID working from home, being socially distanced and just pretty much at my house. 24 uh, seven there were, it was, I guess it was back in the fall. I went for about two weeks. I didn't, I didn't get to ride very much. I don't know if it was weather, if it was work or whatever, but I didn't ride my bike for a couple of weeks. And then one day I went out, my wife was gone. Uh, I went out for a ride. She got home and we were talking and she's like, you got to ride your bike today, didn't you? And I said, well, yeah, how'd you know? And she said, well, I can just tell <laughs> you're in a better mood. You're in a better mood than you were. <laughs> before yes yes and dude i i swear to god i i am not one of these motivated people i'm not i i wake up um tired and in pain you know uh, you you'd said earlier that you know I, i've lived uh no holds barred kind of life and that's true i've lived with reckless abandon um zero direction in my life and my body feels it today you know, i'm 44 years old and uh yeah man I, I don't wake up feeling good i don't wake up all you know 
life is very cyclical and fluctuating both things um we're kind of riding this amoeba around yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly and um some days are some days are great some days are terrible waking up feeling terrible and everything in between you know so i go through and i go through this i have a propensity for um choosing comfort and for uh procrastination and it's this hump that i have to get over every time i do anything especially getting ready to go for a ride um, that's why accountability is so important for me but yeah to and i just remember i remind myself of that feeling that you just explained that your wife noticed in you in you man i remind myself of that when i'm like oh, i'm tired i don't know you know it's gonna be so much work um, i'm not i don't feel excited i just remind myself you know how this works you go out there, you come back and you're stoked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. 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 And I go through the motions. I get out there and I show up and I, I mean, it's rare. I mean, there's been cases where I'm like, eh, I could have not gone, you know, but that's so rare. That's so rare. It's always, I definitely feel better than beforehand. Absolutely. Yeah. There's it's been a big few- deal, man very few occasions where I've been out. I, I find myself more of an adventure rider. I don't race. I have raced in the past, not professionally or anything, but just, you know, kind of local stuff. But I find myself being more of an adventure rider or uh, on the gravel bike now. And But there's very, very few occasions where I, I regret having gone to ride. You know, it's always there's always an upside. Exercise. At the very least, you're getting exercise, yeah. you know, at the very least. And that, you're like, all right, cool. I, you know, I got my heart rate up. I, I got exercise. I can eat some protein now. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, <know>? Right. <laughs> right yeah. Drink and some more beer. Muscle. You drink more yeah! beer. Yeah. Uh, kind of, that kind of goes in hand in hand for me, yeah. man. I, I like to have a beer after riding. Yeah. It's, it's just part of it. It's just yeah. part of it. Dude, gravel is a huge thing right now oh my god that is a major wave right now the gravel riders are out in force yeah that's huge i enjoy it i kind of found myself i kind of i just kind of ended up there um my son and i in 2018 we were riding in a charity road riding event in santa fe new mexico and we got smoked by a semi. We got clipped oh. on our on our left side. Actually and hit. Yeah, actually, actually like hit. Clipped. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't get pulled under the the truck by any means, or I wouldn't be here right now. But but we kind of got grazed on the side. And um, ever since that incident, I've kind of just gravitated to more gravel, gravel riding, mountain bike riding. I don't find myself on the road nearly as much as as I used to. Um, so you're a yeah. converted roadie. Yeah. You're converted. You're converted. You have seen the light, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, being on the road's awesome. And it, I, I, I mean, if, but when you add traffic in other cars and semi trucks, especially. Yeah. It, it doesn't but, feel like you're in nature. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's you, you yeah. lose the nature component, the nature element of that. It's there. I mean, you've got, you know, the, you know, whatever's next to the road going by you, you know, yeah. grasses and things like that and views, amazing views. Um, 
you, you've got that. And that is a really awesome part of road riding. I, yeah. I actually, if, if I didn't live in Southern California, I think I would have a, a road bike just for, you know, inclement weather days and things like that. When you when trail riding or whatever is not an option. Um, if I live in the mountains or something. Yeah. So it does have the nature element to it, I, I think, but, you, but not like being actually on the trail, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mentioning nature, you were recently, so I guess to kind of bring this in for natural state bikes, uh, the podcast is about all things bike related in Arkansas. You were recently in Arkansas doing some work on adaptive trail design and consulting and research and spent some time here. Uh, I think you wrote at Kohler, the rail yard, Blowing Springs. Uh, so kind of share for our listeners, what was that experience like in, in coming to Bentonville? I know you'd been here in the past uh, and speaking at the Imba Summit, um, but now actually getting out to ride, meet some folks, get some guided rides in and that kind of thing. So kind of share a little bit about that. Absolutely. Well, um, to be correct, I wasn't there trail consulting. Okay, I cool. was uh, the uh, the visitors bureau had me come out to make videos. This is my first. Oh, okay, uh, I wasn't paid, but you know they they helped me out with some expenses. Sure, yeah, you know, but my first like content creation gig, which oh, is wow. a big deal for me, which is a huge nice, which is a huge transition to be to be recognized as a creator and an influencer which I'm a peon, I realize, I realize it, but I'm growing slowly, but surely things are growing um, and everything's completely organic uh, in, in my reach. Um, I don't pay for followers. Yeah. Secret. <laughs> most people, secret, most people are paying for followers. Right. Yeah. My, yep. so, but I don't, I definitely don't. Um, and yeah, so you're that's one man, as, you, as you mentioned earlier, you're, you're a one man gig. One man gig. And most people are, most people are one man gigs. Uh, you know, the huge influence are not, they have a, they have a crew, they have editors yeah. and everything, which yeah. I hope to have an editor someday soon. That's, that's going to open up a lot of time for more, for more content creation. But anyways, so I was out there making videos and which is really exciting for me. Um, but yeah, naturally when I'm riding, I naturally you know, am assessing trails. You know, I'll run into something. I'm like, okay, well this one little change can, can get this whole user group through right here on this trail. Um, but yeah, great experience, man. I just felt like I dove into this like community of support there. Um, man, just good, good people. Um, everybody uh, just wanted to help. I actually um, was having a major mechanical. Um, I, <laughs> the hotel I stay at in Mammoth, um, and I spend a lot of time there. Uh, my bike stays outside. I can't get my bike in the door. Um, and so it stays, it's locked. It's on the back of my car, but someone was messing with it overnight one night. Um, they tried to steal um, my, sh my shocks. <laughs> and it's uh, crazy. But I didn't know it. I didn't notice it. And so I had actually had a shock bolt missing. And um, they must have not known what they were doing. They didn't know to like take all the air out first. And <laughs> yeah. it's like they just aborted mission. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could have rattled out, but that's a long bolt. There's, 
yeah. the chances of that happening, of that bolt rattling out, I've never had that happen ever in my career yeah. of adaptive mountain biking ever. Um, there is that chance. Yes, that could have happened, but I don't think so. I think someone tried to, tried to steal my shocks. That makes all, the chances of that are a lot greater. Anyway, so I was riding without a shock ball and riding hard. Um, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with terrain at Mammoth, but it's raw. And I mean, it's like rock drops and rock gardens and technical. Um, and I was jumping, I was riding Sky Park, which is a, a bike park at Lake Arrowhead and San Bernardino Mountains here by Big Bear. Um, jumping and riding hard. And then I was on this uh, trail uh, consulting and building gig in Portland. And the guys uh, that, that contracted us looking at my bike, we're checking out my bike, you know, one day, you know, that's what men do. We look at stuff gear, you know, <laughs> and uh, guy knows is you're missing a shock bolt. Holy crap. Um, well, it turns out, and then I just, you know, we put a shock bolt in and I kept riding. Well, it turns out um, in <laughs> looking at the bike with the boys over beers in Bentonville that um, they noticed that my shocks were blown out. Well, that one of them was blown out. And then once I got it to the shop, we real and got the shocks out. We realized that the other one was completely blown out too. I mean, we had um, oil in come out of the um, wrong chamber. Like it was, is bad. Like oil came out of the Schrader valve in my shock. So it, they're they're done. They're totally done. There's no bringing those back. Um, so I had to. Um, order order shocks um which i ordered through jensen usa i want to give a shout out to them um i ordered two uh brand new shocks um and they had them and they're in california they had them across the country i ordered them on a saturday afternoon i had a monday wow yeah and it was only like 45 bucks for the overnight which is you know in the grand scheme of things not much at all, especially as high as shipping prices are right now. 45 bucks to overnight two shocks over the weekend, over Sunday. And I had them Monday, um, a day ahead of schedule, actually, which was which was awesome. A testament to, I think they came UPS, testament UPS, awesome. So, but Jensen USA, if you need, they're, they're fast and they're great and they have almost everything. So anyways, I got these shocks and it seemed like everybody wanted to help. Everybody there wanted to like leave their job and come help me install these shocks. It was awesome. I had like a, like so many people helping me. It, it was, it was great. It's such a community of, of support. Um, and yeah, I did a uh, camp at Kohler, which is so nice, dude. So nice. I was so comfortable. Um, the bathrooms and the showers there are gorgeous. Um, the campsites are really cool and the trails. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm sure you've ridden Kohler. So yeah. fun. Oh my God. So fun. And um, that's what I found. You know, I'm not really, I'm kind of like you. I'm more like, I'm more of an adventure rider too. You know, I, uh, and you wouldn't know that by looking at some of my stuff recently, especially from there, because the, the stuff is built so well there. I'm so comfortable jumping. Um, on a lot of the stuff there because uh they're the jumps are built so well it's like it's like almost no effort it's not scary at all um and to say that as an adaptive rider 
like because jumping as an adaptive yeah. rider normally is very very scary yeah um and uh like god there's a, i overshot one of the jumps at the rail yard and yeah, I, I saw that video landing in the flat almost vertical oh my yeah. god that's yeah. a testament and that was with blown out shocks too uh, yeah <laughs> so for that thing to take that with blown out shocks it shows you how well they're built um but yeah man, it was a great experience mostly because of the people and uh i'm i've lived in California my entire life born and raised San Diego I've lived in my place here for over 10 years almost going on 11 I have a good thing going here I live right on the water I could open my door and show you the ocean from here right now wow we could probably see whale spouts wow I have everything I need I have a community of support here too you know good friends I love surfing I'm on the ocean so for me to give this up and move away and move to Bentonville shows you how awesome that place is, you know, and uh, it's all about the people for me. Yeah, uh, that's it. I'm yeah, scared. there's a great. I'm totally it, scared. It it's a great community here. Um, now I would say though, don't give up that view of the ocean lightheartedly because we've got about ten inches of snow on the ground right now, and just a couple of days ago it was twenty below with the wind chill. Now, well, I'm gonna live seasonally. <laughs> okay there you go yeah that's... yeah man i got i um uh i'm no i'm nomadic in my heart um yeah. and that's why the the van um yeah. i want home base i want to home i want to buy a home it's not going to happen here i don't have a million dollars but it can happen there in arkansas and uh so yeah when i for my golden years, if yeah. you know, hopefully I make it to those years for the first time in my life, I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Never, I didn't think I'd live to see 40, to be honest with you. Um, and so now I'm thinking about a future and working towards the future and actually making money for the first time in my life, which is great. Um, so I want my home base there and uh, I want to live there when it's, uh, when it's nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in the spring yeah. and fall, in the spring and fall, I'm going to be in Arkansas and I'm, I'm also the U.S. distributor for the for the bikes I ride. They're made in Poland. Okay, and cool. I'm, um, uh, I've ordered my demo bikes. I've, I'm acquiring demo bikes, and I want to be in a destination mountain bike place. Um, so that's another reason for Bentonville. So nice. I'm gonna have my demo. I'm gonna have my demos, and uh, my goal is to be booked out uh, spring and fall with uh, with uh, performing demos for people, um, whether they're buying bikes or not, and yeah. then. Uh, mentioning your bike you've got a it's a hand cranked mountain bike right because you yep, don't have yep. use of it's your a, legs it's hand cranked so correct it's a uh specifically a, a full suspension off-road hand cycle um or adaptive mountain bike you yeah. know but more specifically there's tons of different types of adapt, adaptive mountain bikes more specifically full suspension off-road hand cycle yes yeah um, and we have different models too. Like mine's kind of more of a forward position. Um, uh, but we also have another tadpole design. Tadpole means two wheels in front mm -hmm. and the drive wheel in the rear. Uh, we also have one that's an upright seated position. Um, gotcha. it, you know, and it's just a matter of preference. Um, you know, it's just a little more comfortable being seated, you know. Um, but yeah, and it all, we also, and that bike can be outfitted with a, an elbow shifter, an elbow brake. You know, most quadriplegics have um, use some use of their arms, and then and then and that, but maybe their grip isn't mm -hmm. 
very good. So we've got handles that kind of strap their carbon, custom carbon handles where they have their hands kind of strapped to the, the crank. And then they have an elbow shifter and elbow brake. Dude, full suspension. The thing can climb anything and still jump off rocks and quadriplegic can get out there and go shred it. It's pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, but with the van, um, I'll be able to live seasonally and I'll probably end up surfing more um, because right now I totally take it for granted. You know, I'm hunkered when I'm here, I'm like hunkered down on my computer editing video and it's all I can do to get, I have a beach cruiser bike that I ride almost every day. That's how, that's my main source of exercise. Um, so I get out on that every day and kind of ride along, you know, the, the ocean and the, the, uh, along the cliff during, during sunset and listen to my Joe Rogan or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of, but it's kind of a bike where you kind of, you kind of need um, a sombrero and a drink holder. I always say right. yeah. <laughs> it's like that style of bike, but it's an arduous workout, man. I mean, any little incline and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm cranking super. Just, I have a super steep driveway too. But anyways, my plan is to live seasonally. So I'm not going to be there in the snow. I'll be here, mammoth, Arizona um, during the winters and uh, during the summers, you know, here in Mammoth, um, kind of living out of the van. And I think I'll surf more because yeah. uh, when I'm here, I'll be surfing. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas now I've, I mean, I think I'm going to go today, actually, believe it or not. Um, oh, man. Rub it in, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's still not warm here. You think San Diego, you think it's warm. Look, man, I'm wearing a beanie and everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's, it's, it's chilly, you know, it's chilly. It's, and you add that you know, that humidity to the air and the, the breeze coming off the ocean. And um, I had a friend from Alaska uh, just staying here and she was freezing. <laughs> she was like, oh, it's wow. so cold, turn the heater on. It's cold, it's, it's cold. like 50 degrees here. You, you're, you're wearing a hoodie and maybe a yeah. beanie or whatever. 50 degrees in the mountains where it's dry, t-shirt, you know? Yeah. You add that humidity. Yeah, to the that air. dampness, it's, yeah. It makes it cold, man. It makes, yeah. it, it, makes it chilly, yeah. Now mentioning, the, uh, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say mentioning uh, being in Arkansas seasonally, you're, you are scheduled uh, to be at the Benville Bike Fest in June. So we'll at least yeah. see you back here in June sometime, right? I'll be back in June, uh, probably in May. Um, so my van is being built by Van Do It in Kansas City. Um, they're awesome, by the way. Um I want to definitely want to give them a shout out. They have a really cool business model um, where they take uh, off lease Ford Transits from Ford. They have a relationship oh, with Ford. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So cool. they take, you know, uh, uh, Transits passenger vans, not cargo vans. That's different than most outfitters. Yeah. And um, after when they come back from a lease, um, they acquire them. They also acquire, they also build on new as well, which my van, uh, I'm built, I'm building on a brand new 2021 all wheel drive. Um, but then they have this uh, like modular minimalistic system. So it gets kind of applied. They put this T-Track skeleton in and then you can plug and play all the different parts gotcha. and choose what you want and switch it out and everything. So it kind of like applies it to kind of an assembly line kind of thing in it their vans come in at, at like 70 grand, well under a hundred grand, as opposed to, you know, most vans out there are like, you know, 175 to like 300 grand for, holy for, cow. For, yeah. For a bill, like 250, you know, kind of 185 to 250 I've seen is kind of the range for vans. These are under a hundred grand. 
Nice. And they take trade-ins and finance the whole procurement, which is amazing. Dude. Yeah. It's this, this, this company is really good. So I highly recommend checking them out. If anybody does go there, tell them I sent you. Um, not only will you get the treatment, but I get a kickback. Yeah, there you go. So make sure you tell them, Jeremy, I heard about it from Jeremy McGee. Um, and they give me a kickback because I'm not a rich man out here. And um, this van is very expensive. And uh, the more um, referrals that trans transfer to actual sales, they, they help me out. And that's they're in Kansas City? They're in Kansas City. Uh, Lee's Summit, just yep. outside just yep. part of Kansas yep. City. Yep, yep. So they're guess, awesome. They'll, they'll finish the van there. Then it'll be shipped to you and then you'll come back to the midwest yeah they can ship it but dude they they're so cool they're a family they want to meet you you're like oh nice freaking get a one-way flight and go pick up your van or drive your car trade it in and leave with the van it's actually the you know i was exploring all options i'm kind of guy that needs to have everything on the table before i make a decision like this i was exploring everything i actually put a deposit on a van here with a local Ford dealership who uh, my friend is a salesman there. I know the owner, I'm friends with his daughter. They're gonna give me the bro deal on, on a Ford Transit and everything. I had that going. I had a, you know, um, a deal going with a local mobility company that was gonna do a full thing for me. Um, I was exploring all options and the, the factor that um, pushed me over the fence to make me dive into it. And I just made this decision yesterday, by the way, <laughs> I put my down payment yesterday. Where was it the day before? Yesterday. yesterday. Um, so this is all brand new was, you know, I can't just drive onto a lot and leave with a new car. Right. There's yeah. a lot of logistics for me to consider like strategizing the whole um, yeah. mobility output outfit with the lift because i have to get a wheelchair lift put in and hand controls and all that um and i have to have swiveling seats i can't even if i have a lift i still can't transfer to the driver's seat unless yeah. it turns for me to get in i i can't do that transfer you know maybe when i was in my 20s i could have done that climb around like a monkey but i can't do that anymore um so it's this whole thing and what pushed me over the edge is since this company, since Van Do It is kind of doing the full procurement of everything, the chassis, the, the, the wheelchair lift and everything, and also the full build out, I'm literally going to be driving my Subaru into the lot and oh, driving yeah. off with the van. No logistics. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal for, yeah. for someone with a disability or a wheelchair user to be able to do that. And that's a big sell for me so wheelchair users out there this that's this is how you do it this is where you don't have to figure everything out um so yes yeah, so i'll be there in june i will have the van which um they bumped up my delivery date for me um because i'm special <laughs> and uh i sh i most likely there's a chance i might not um but it's most likely i will have the van for the event um and this event is incredible, like to be listed amongst the pros that are there um, it is an amazing honor. I never thought I'd be at this place in my life, man. Um, uh, and I've got booth space. They've given me booth space. I'm going to have demo bikes. Um, I'm going to be putting on leading um, at least one group ride. 
um, and it'll be all about explaining, you know, um, adaptive bikes and uh, trail rating and learning about that kind of stuff. It'll be really cool. And I'll also be presenting a keynote. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which would be really fun. Really. I'm really excited. And <laughs> I'll probably be camping with my van at Kohler during yeah. the, but the van is going to be parked front and center. Uh, I, you know, I I've got that blue placard. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm, I don't use it all the time. I, I use it because I need a little extra space on the side to get right. out. I don't need the proximity. I need the space. Yeah. So if I can find a space with space, I'll, if it's far away, I'll take that instead. Um, unless I'm like buying groceries or something big and it's hard to carry back to the car. But anyways, um, I'm going to use that blue placard and I'm going to park front and center at the event. The van is going to be there. My bike is going to be in the back. Um, I will most likely have beer from Sierra Nevada, who's a sponsor um, and promoting the van, promoting the bikes, promoting the trails project and stoking people out. Awesome. Pretty excited, man. Pretty excited. And that'll be here soon. Be cool. it's, it, Dude, a it, few weeks away, man. Pretty much a few weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. And man, people, yeah. Are, people are Jones. As you know, people are, since things have just been shut down, people are jonesing for events and, activities and just to get some kind of sense of normalcy back so uh, yeah and it's gonna be a huge huge time huge i think time. as long as we're we're smart about it and yep. everybody is vigilant i think uh i think it'll be safe yeah and uh i'm I, i'm i should be vaccinated by then i'm pretty excited so i know there's still worries even when you're vaccinated you can still carry so you still gotta wear a mask you know you, we still yeah. don't know we still don't have the research in place yet um but less worries you know right. yeah. um you know a yeah. little less stress i can um maybe definitely not relax fully um but relax a little bit i'll yeah. still be wearing a mask and keeping my distance and sure. not, not letting anybody spit in my mouth yeah you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> hey man we've been going on about a little over an hour and 15 or 20 minutes um you mentioned you are on vacation. I want to respect your time, dude. We could talk for a lot longer, just going off on tangents and stuff, but I want to respect your time and, and get you off here. You said you were going to go probably surf today. So I want to get you to that, but I do want to thank you for taking time uh, to jump on the podcast and share your story. Uh, a lot of great stuff there. And for our listeners, as we wrap up with Jeremy McGee, Jeremy, if you would, Shoot, uh, give us those uh, the websites again for Jeremy McGee and Unpavement, so we our listeners can go there and get some more info. Uh, thanks for that. I, I appreciate that platform. It means a lot. I work hard, and um, having having people follow stuff is is uh, extremely validating. And like I said, I don't always wake up raring to go. So when I get the comments and things like that. That's what keeps it being going. So yeah, if you go, if if you guys are listening, go to jeremymcgee.com, theopavement.org. Um, if you have a friend in a chair who wants to ride, JPM Pro Sales is the sales website to get bikes. There's uh, a, a funding page on there uh, where people can look on how to get um, help with funding to get the bikes because they're not cheap and they're very expensive to build and ship and everything. Um, the number one thing right now is subscribe to the YouTube channel, man. 
um, Jeremy P. McGee on, on YouTube, um, Dion Pavement with Jeremy P. McGee. Um, that's, that's kind of the main, main spot right now. Um, so yeah, check out the websites, uh, subscribe, uh, to the, to the blogs and, uh, the, and the YouTube channel and drop me a line, man, drop me a comment. Tell me you like my stuff because it really helps me. It really does. Very cool. Yeah. And great content. I've been through a, a fair amount of it. Still have a lot to go because you've got a lot of content out there, but <laughs> pumping it of, out, man. I listen to Gary V. Gary yeah. V helped me with that. <laughs> yeah. Just, cool. just uh, his whole thing is self-awareness and self-awareness, empathy, and execution, man. Um, put your, know what you're good at and know your place feel what others feel and put your head down and grind it out for 10 years. That's what he says, basically. Yeah. That's what I'm doing, man. I put my head down and I am hustling <laughs> and it feels good, man. It's not, it feels so good to have direction and purpose for the first time in my life, man. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. And kind of mentioning all that, I want to wrap up with one thing I read out of some of your content is a quote that was, attributed to you i don't remember you know again for our listeners um you've been your story's well told through uh, bicycling magazine Ad adventure sports journal outside and in one of those that i was reading through i read this quote and it said um it goes like this if you feel like you don't have enough time to make your dreams and the things you love happen well you get less of that every day so do it now and i thought that was really cool that's yeah, really man. Cool. Thank you. Uh, I almost died that day and I've actually almost died a couple of times since then, you know, being paraplegic, there's a ton of other problems you don't see. It's a domino effect of issues and I've had surgeries that I almost didn't wake up from and things like that. Um, life is, life is fucking short. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm 44 and those 44 years have gone by in a flash. Yeah. Um, and from what I hear from my friends who are older than me, that it only gets faster. It and, does, dude. Um, Let me tell you, that's for sure. Yeah. And I have no reason to not believe that um, very soon the next, you know, the next 44 years are going to go by just as fast, if not faster. And there's going to be an 88 year old <laughs> man yeah. looking back at me in the mirror going, what the hell did you do with your life, man? Yeah. What did you do with your life? Yeah. So for me, answering the question, what do you want? And what kind of person do you want to be is really important. Answering that now, yeah. you know, and specifically, this is what I want. I, I want a van and I want to live seasonally and I want to make videos and, you know, I want a house and I want to swim with the dolphins and I want to climb bloody couar, you know, and uh, I want to ride the Whistler bike park, you know, um, I want to move to Bentonville because if I don't, I'm going to always wonder what the hell would it have been like, you know, do these things, like answer these questions. Like, what do you want? And yeah. like I said, like, answering the question, who do you want to be? What kind of person you want to be is also part of that because just enjoying our lives is the point here, but also growing as a person is also part of life, you know? So how do you want to grow, you know, and, and figuring out and then answering the question, okay, well, how do we get there? Yeah. How do we make this happen? You know? And um, it's all about 
doing those small things every single day to make those things happen. It's not going to happen all at once. Um, and once we get there, there's more. That's what we do as humans. We progress continually, constantly, always growing, always looking for more. That's part of it, you know? So reaching those goals and then setting more goals. Um, and the small, I say the small things every day because a win is a series of good decisions. Right. Yeah. And then, so every day looking at every little decision, does this serve my goals? Is this, does, is this lead towards a win? Cause I'll tell you what, Bobby, I'm sick of fucking losing, dude. Yeah. Um, when you live with no direction, you lose a lot. I've lost a lot, man. Just living with reckless abandon and no direction whatsoever. And when we actually have focus and goals and direction and we work towards it every single day, I mean, I'm talking the smallest decision, should I eat pizza or yeah. salad right now? You know, do I give my body building blocks or do I get mouth pleasure? You know, yeah. it's sometimes mouth pleasure is a place, dude, I drink beer and eat pizza. There's a place yeah. for that. It's important. It's important, you know, it, you know, th that we treat ourselves. Um, but when it comes to the grind day in and day out, making those the the decision that leads us towards our goals continuously and when we look back and we've made those those decisions and it builds up that's what leads to a win um and i'm, I'm ready to start winning man i'm telling you i'm i'm, I'm ready <laughs> that's that's great stuff man i look forward to uh hooking up with you when you get out here in bentonville and meeting you and uh, uh getting more of your story and uh it's just been a great time visiting with you this morning. And I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to do that, Jeremy. Hell yeah. I've got goals for you now, Bobby. All right. We are going to, you're going to start a YouTube channel. Yep. And you're going to be presenting your podcast in video form because you're going to reach a whole other audience that way. Yep. Uh, Spotify also, you do, you can post your, uh, your podcast and video form on Spotify as well. Awesome. Good to know. Um, which yeah. I just learned from watching Rogan. I, yeah. I, you know, so he's on Spotify in, vid on vid in video. And um, yeah, let's do a follow-up podcast yeah. when I'm there in person, video. Yeah. Um, so record the video and sound um, and let's do a follow-up. Yeah, let's um, do it, man. When That's I'm good. there in person, man. And let's uh, let's have part of it be writing together and I'll do yeah. a video for me. Yeah, do for that me as well. Uh, do a, get a ride in and then wrap it up with some local craft beer and uh, just have a good time. You're speaking my language, brother. All right, man. We'll be in touch, <laughs> Jeremy. Thanks. Thank you so much.